Welcome to Skills for Growth, the podcast for business owners in Greater Manchester. I'm Andy Hall, and in this episode, I speak with two people, Suzanne McNicholas, an apprenticeship specialist at the Growth Company, and Bronwyn Raper, who works with schools and colleges to help them prepare young people for the world of work. In this really interesting chat, they talk me through the numerous benefits SMEs can experience by taking on apprentices, bust some of the myths around employing young people, and explain why becoming an apprentice can be incredibly rewarding at any point in your career. Bronwyn, Suzanne, welcome to Skills for Growth. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. It's lovely to be here. Great to see you. Suzanne, why should I, as a business owner, consider having apprentices? So apprentices, apprenticeships are now open to anyone of any age, of any ability. So an apprenticeship, you could bring somebody in straight from school at age 16 and you can really train them to how you would like them to be within your business, as well as them getting the external training from a training provider that supports what you're teaching them on a day-to-day basis. Um, It brings in new experience and skills, and that's just what every employer is looking for. Um, And it helps you to build and repair after COVID. That's up until any age now, is that? Absolutely, yeah. And another myth that people believe that apprenticeships are for school leavers of 16, 17 and 18. They're really not. They're open to anybody. And most recently, the business I've been working with, we've signed someone up who was 65 and she's just starting on a three-year apprenticeship. Wow. So there's hope for me yet then to change career. Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Bronwyn, how do you help people? What support's out there? I work within a team called Bridge GM at Greater Manchester Combined Authority and our kind of mission is really to make sure that young people are prepared for the world of work and that we're really being that conduit between education and industry to kind of lead that journey to a work ready Greater Manchester really. Um, So we want to make sure that all our young people in GM have the opportunity to have a successful future, make positive destinations, make really Informed decisions as well so that they understand about you know the different industries that are there across the city region the different skills that those industries need and the different pathways that they can take into those industries too and we also want to make sure that all our young people are given access to the same opportunities as well and can make those connections to the world of work and we want to make sure that across GM2 our our industry and our businesses are able to have access to their future workforce and can really build those talent pipelines and make sure that young people are knowledgeable about the industry and have are building kind of the right skills and qualities that they need in the future as well for whichever business they go into. You, you mentioned about Bridge GM there. So does Bridge GM focus on a particular age group? Yes. So at Bridge GM, we work with with young people age 11 to 18. So we work with all our secondary schools and colleges as well. And within that too, we work with our SEND schools too, and also our pupil referral units. So offering all our young people in Greater Manchester these different opportunities as well. So about 208 schools and colleges now across GM, and we're continuing to grow and grow as well well so it's quite quite a lot of places that you're working with at the moment and clearly quite a lot of young people as well who you'll be speaking with as well so it sounds like a lot's changed over the last few years certainly since we went to school and i'm probably a little bit older than both of you i just wanted to know just a little bit more now 
you mentioned myths before, Suzanne, so let's do a little bit of myth busting if we can then. So what are the myths and assumptions around apprentices? I think that people just believe that they're for, particularly for a school leaver and they're for new people coming into the business. Um, it's quite interesting some of the conversations that I've had with business owners that weren't aware that they could actually complete an apprenticeship and thought that we were having this discussion for them to upskill, sorry, to, for them to actually bring new people in and not for particularly for upskilling and particularly with themselves as well. So, you know, other myths are, you know, that the pay that they're paid really poorly, but there is a, a platform in place, there's a, a certain eligibility criteria for age related apprenticeship rates, which, which eliminates that. There's also the funding, so the funding towards training. So if they're 16, 17 or 18, the government will fund an apprenticeship. So, for example, if you're looking at something like an you know, even degree level at £27,000, that is would be funded up to 95% for somebody of aged over 19. So there's not a lot of cost. So it's really an option. It's another option of going from university or going through an apprenticeship route where um, while you learn. That's really good. So, so nine, potentially up to 95% of that person's salary is funded. Not the salary, the training costs. Oh, so, sorry. No, that's okay. So there's a salary in place. So if you're looking at bringing somebody new into the business, there's a criteria by age that they would be paid. And that's generally up to the age of 25. And then from 25 and above, they would be paid a rate that changes every year. So at the moment, it's £8. It's ninety-two, um, and then that would that would change every year that they change their age, if that makes sense. So, if you're already existing in a business, then the salary negotiation is whatever it, the negotiation is with that business. So, that is just really a minimum allowance that you would be expected to pay your apprentice. But if you were saying looking to recruit somebody who was more mature, then you would you could pay you know industry standard rates. So, it's just really a guideline for apprenticeship pay rate. That's the minimum that we would expect you know somebody to, new coming into business to be paid. And just sort of something I've heard. You know, for, for for quite a long time, is that apprentices was just a really cheap way of getting on labour, if you like. So how, has that changed as well? No, they're very closely monitored now. And um, when you speak to training providers, they offer a lot of support and guidance around recruiting apprentices. And when I have that initial conversation with the business, I'll make sure that they are really fully aware that there is training involved within the workplace. They can't just get somebody in and put them in a corner and expect them to do a filing job, for example, or bring somebody into a construction industry and have them just doing labouring. They have to have a lot of, you know, on-site support and mentoring. Uh, that's very clear when we speak to businesses, and that's making sure really that businesses are doing it for the right reasons. Because there are obviously some businesses out there that do want that cheap labour, or maybe think that that's what apprenticeships are about, but they really they're not. So once we've had that initial conversation, then once they get to training provider stage, which I, you know, I really strongly recommend they talk to training providers before making decisions on whether they're going to recruit. And that's because the training provider will make sure that they do have a mentor in place and that they are going to follow a structured kind of a structured training program. So that's normally through modules. So it's not just really bringing somebody in. Nobody would really get away with that nowadays. It's it's monitored. There's monthly catch-ups with the business. There's a, you know, if you're a business owner, you can put a monthly catch-up with your individual apprentice to make sure that they're learning, you know, at the right um, progression. Um, the training provider, for example, if a business thought they were going to get somebody that was just going to come in and do cheap labour and they weren't learning at the time, then, you know, that wouldn't be an option. They, you know, they'd probably find somewhere else for them to complete, complete that apprenticeship. So it isn't just about getting cheap labour. It's what you're, you're doing is you're developing the next generation of, of workers by bringing them in, showing them 
the practical elements of uh, what they do on a day-to-day basis with the support of them going to college and, and training and learning like the classroom part of that as well. And then this sounds like there's, there's a lot of support there for, for the young person in terms of like obviously getting paid, training, mentoring as well. And I, I love I love the fact that there's mentoring going on because there's two-way learning going on. I, I get that there'll be somebody within the organisation developing their skills to mentor the next generation. So I think that's that's a really that's a really comprehensive package of support for the individual. Bronwyn, if we can just bring it back in a little bit there, that must be really good for you to hear too, to know that young people have got support once they've made that decision to move into um move into that particular kind of path, if you like. What are the myths around what support is available to young people? You know, so I've got two children who've left school now and I could only give them advice based off what I remember 30 odd years ago. So what's changed there? What what are the options and how have they, how have they developed? Yeah, completely, <laughs> completely different options now. But it's really great to hear about that as well, because I think part of our work too, it's about trying to make sure that young people are aware of apprenticeships, but are also aware of what's really involved and how, you know, how that benefits them and the skills that they need to develop, you know, right from like year seven, year eight, how they're finding out about apprenticeships and how they're kind of being prepared for them as well. That's something we're really trying to change um, in schools and colleges is around kind of that preparation um, for that next transition as well. Um, but a lot, a lot has changed around careers education over, yeah, over quite a few years, actually. Um, so I don't know um, if it was quite similar to you two, but certainly when I was at school, I I don't remember a lot of careers education. Um, I wanted to be a vet. So <laughs> I went on a couple of weeks work experience at a vet, which was great at the time. Um, but clearly I am I'm not a vet. Um, <laughs> but that was that was about it. And really we know that and um, we've known for a long time that our businesses and our organizations not not just in greater manchester but across across england really are experiencing skills gaps and we've also had a rising level especially kind of like 5 6 years ago of young people who were not in education employment or training um so they would they'd leave school and then they wouldn't have that next step there and all the work that we're doing um with our national partner the careers and enterprise companies to try and bring both of those together to to close that gap effectively but luckily there's lots of different options for young people now and when you're kind of experiencing careers education in schools and colleges it feels a lot different now as well and careers is a lot more embedded throughout schools and colleges and you've no longer hopefully got young people sitting there um, I don't know, learning about river management in geography, thinking, why am I learning this? When am I ever going to use this again? But if you want to go in... Um work for someone like United Utilities or the government you in certain jobs you need to you need to know about kind of that subject and those skills that that subject is giving you as well um but the landscape of different kind of options for young people has greatly increased as well so Susanna has been talking a lot about apprenticeships and a lot of what we're doing at Bridge GM is to try and ensure that young people are aware of those different options and understand which one is right for them and which one will really lead into that positive destination um, too. So yeah, apprenticeships is 
um, it's such a big area. And I think linking to that too, we've got traineeships for young people as well. You might not be as sure, might want that shorter, sharper kind of experience of the workplace and that training as well. And of course, you can do with degree apprenticeships um, too now, which a lot of more young people are going into and considering instead of your traditional degree. But one of the main aspects that has changed quite recently as well is the introduction of T-levels. Um, so they're the equivalent of three A-levels um, and take two years to complete. But that's really kind of it's a new qualification after GCSE. So after a young person has left secondary school and it's more for young people that might have chosen um, their career already or a kind of a field um, that they'd like to go into. So they're a technical level and young people have an extended placement as part of as part of that qualification as well so it's really kind of bringing that classroom learning and bringing that that more technical side as well as well as that that placement with that industry so options have changed quite a lot recently which has been um incredibly incredibly positive but i also think there's a lot more options now for businesses and industries and organisations to get involved with schools and colleges and to really make that difference and spark that change for young people too. All our schools and colleges now are working towards um, a kind of set of benchmarks, which is national national benchmarks called Gatsby Benchmarks. I won't go into too much detail about them because um, I'm sure I'd bore all the listeners. Um, but there's a national career strategy as well. So there's really a new impetus from government and all our schools and colleges are really um, kind of asking for lots of different industries to come in to really share their story and you never know when that that one kind of story um, or that one piece of advice or information can spark that absolute change in that young person too and I also think there's something around it's a rather cheesy tagline but you can't be it if you can't see it Young people don't know about the different industries. They're not going to know because if the parents don't work in them or the parents' friends or their wider family or teachers as well, they're not going to find out about all those really interesting hidden careers. So that's what we we do and that's what we're um, asking industries to support us to do as well and to to really change. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot and there's a lot of different options for young people. And um, we've also got a website called GMAX, the Greater Manchester Apprenticeship and Career Service, which is kind of a handy platform um, that has all of that information there for young people from Greater Manchester to go on and look to kind of start thinking about their next steps, start creating that plan and get some of that help, support, advice and guidance as well around their next steps too. So there's a lot more options available now compared to probably yeah. a few generations ago, which is really, really positive. Suzanne, what did you want to be when you left school? It's funny, a vet. And no. like, honestly, no. when Bronwyn said that, it was a vet. And I went to see the careers advisor, which I think it was, aka the teacher. Um, <laughs> and she sat me down, she said, Suzanne, what do you want to be when you, go, when, you know, when you leave school? I said, oh, I'd like to be a vet. And she just literally stopped. She said, but you're not an A student. You'll have to pick something else. <laughs> And that was my career's advice. <laughs> so it uh, it has evolved massively. And just picking up from what Bronwyn was saying just then is it's really important that we are getting through to, to younger people now, you know, from year seven about what their options are when they do come to leave school. You know, there's nothing more daunting than when you're coming up to, you know, taking your qualifications and not understanding what your options are. You know, unfortunately, some people just believe that the path is university and then going into to full-time employment. 
you know, it's really important that they are told about the options that are out there. You know, and we also work with clients, the same clients that Bronwyn works with. And we're talking about, you know, Bridge GM because they want to talk about what they do. They want to talk about their industry. They want to, you know, invite people into their business so that they can train. You know, when, when we're talking about you know, the options for apprentices, for example, you know, again, it's about them having choices. There's currently 1500 job roles available through apprenticeships. You know, so there are options out there. And I mean, I sat with my own daughter the other day. She's only 13. And I literally went through different roles and she was like, what's that include, mum? And it's just really sitting with down with individuals. And like you were saying, if people aren't from this industry or they're not from, you know, an education background that, you know, they're not aware of what's out there. So by doing things like this and by doing, you know, webinars and workshops through GM and we've got Progress 21 coming up with the growth company and really telling people what options are available for their businesses across GM. And currently there's 30,000 people in an apprenticeship in Greater Manchester. And they are, you know, we got hit last year. We did get hit hard with COVID, but they are in growth generally. There's more apprenticeship standards coming out. They get reviewed every three years to make sure that they're up to date. You know, as Baldwin said, again, the T levels, there's options out there. You know, so and and you know, businesses want to talk, and businesses want to bring in people. They want to bring in new talent into their industries. You know, we know that some sectors have been hit harder than others, um, and it is just filling those gaps. It's really interesting that there are so many different choices available now, and it must be difficult for young people to make decisions. You give us a really good example of sitting down with your daughter there about going through that plethora of options. In some respects, is that even harder than it used to be when you're asking, you know? young people pre-teen to make a decision what's going to affect the rest of their life. That must be really difficult, not just as a parent, but for the for the young, young person themselves. What kind of advice would you give Bronwyn to someone who, you know, someone like Suzanne or maybe even myself or anybody else who's a parent who is having these conversations with their children about what you want to do for the rest of their life? So I think there is a lot of choices and I, I can imagine it's quite quite daunting just to go back on like when I was making those choices as well. But I think that's that's what we're we're trying to overcome as well, that we're trying to make sure that schools are delivering careers education, that young people meeting businesses are finding out about different pathways right from the age of 11 and um, right through so that when they come on to making those choices, um, they're informed and they feel confident in them and they understand about about the different different choices in different kind of industries and pathways um, too. But I think the advice I would really give to parents and carers, so every school before your child leaves um, secondary school or by college, they should be having a interview with a careers advisor that's a qualified careers advisor and um, qualified to like level six and they will really support that young person to make those decisions and those choices and quite often use a parent they might come to different parents evenings as well so I definitely recommend um, asking school about who I mean you don't even need to ask your school this information should be on their on their website about who that is but also we're incredibly lucky now in that every school has a careers leader and this is a named person of staff they're not a careers advisor so they're not qualified necessarily to give that advice and guidance but they lead that careers program and again their name will be on your on the school's website but I'd really recommend talking to them as well about your child about the different choices why certain choices might be might be better but also they'll give that understanding of that careers education that 
that your child has had, um, that that young person has had too. And there might be different events um, that go on in schools. So a lot of the schools and colleges I work with do things like transitions evenings. They do information evenings about, for instance, apprenticeships um, or about T levels. Um, So they might have different events that you might not have um, kind of heard of before that you might want to go along to. But finally, I'd also suggest going and having a look online. So GMAX that I mentioned before, the Greater Manchester Apprenticeship and Careers Service, that's got a brilliant page for parents and carers. And it's got a lot of information on there, but it's quite easily digestible and makes it make sense because I know it's so different, as we've said, than what it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. The choices are so different. And there's also guidance and signposting on there if you'd want to go and talk to kind of another service or find out more information about a particular particular option as well. So there's a lot of options, but there's also guidance on making those options as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of support and guidance now for young people. Absolutely. It's kind of ingrained and integral throughout their journey at school and college too. And I think it's, as I said before, it's incredibly lucky that we've now got careers leaders who kind of lead and develop that programme to make sure those young people are supported right from right from year seven, right through to when they leave school and then through to when they leave college as well. So additional to the to the options that are available with obviously that's balanced out with some some really good guidance, there seems to be a lot of pressure on on school leavers in particular to go down a particular path, whether that's influenced from the parents or the friends, the peer groups. Or if you've done well at, in your A-levels, for example, you must go to a really good university um, or you didn't do as well in certain subjects and you need to go down this career. So really that, you know, that could be quite confusing. And in a different world, you know, I might be having an old creature's great and small conversation with two vets now. So things have really changed in terms of, you know, what, what we could have been doing. Now, I work with a lot of mentors and mentors like to give their time back, not just in business, but they do mentoring in schools, colleges, universities, and with young SMEs as well, if you like, or inexperienced people in business. One of the most common pieces of advice that I hear from a mentor is that try different things. So you're not stuck to one particular career path and you've got the option to move around if you want to. So this sector isn't for you or this particular role isn't right for you and try something else rather than feeling stuck in a particular role. Suzanne, you mentioned that there are, what was it, 1,500 different apprentices. Is it possible to move from, to do more than one apprenticeship? Do you have to commit to a particular period of time? Just how flexible is it having an apprentice, uh, an apprentice working for you from their perspective, but also from the uh, business owner's perspective as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can start an apprenticeship. So you could go in an entry level, level two or level three. So for, let's use the business admin apprenticeship because it is really one of the, the most popular apprenticeships because it's a really good starting point for a lot of, of office-based work. So that could lead you into finance, sales, project management, customer service so you could really go on and use that as as your your stepping stone into apprenticeships complete that in 12 to 18 months and then go on to do a higher level apprenticeship you really can work your way through um, the levels with apprenticeships and and, you know going back to the business admin as well it really does give you a little taster of different opportunities within an office environment Um, so where your strengths are importantly what you were saying about something that you like to do you know I think you don't know until you try it. So I think if you have a um, little taster, so 
if you, you, you thought, oh, actually, you know, I want to go and work in an office, but I'm really not sure about which role I want to t- take up. This is a really good way of, of trying which would be the most suitable because you get a feel for a little bit of everything. If you've got a good business that has good people within it and they want to train and they want to mentor you, you should have that opportunity really to decide where your strengths are and where your interests are. But yeah, by by starting off on a level three apprenticeship, you could certainly go into the level four and you could end up doing a degree apprenticeship. We've got leadership apprenticeships. So if they really did excel and they became, you know, part of leading a team, there's apprenticeships that they can do that would cover the leadership element of, of leading teams. But it is really about finding something that you've got a genuine interest in. I think with apprenticeships, it's not being shoehorned into, you know, just making a decision. That decision isn't made in one day that decision is made over them, how they feel in certain subjects in school and, you know, having a realisation of, well, you know, for me, it, it hit me at 15 when I had my first careers conversation that I wasn't going to be a vet. I really thought that throughout my school, because I loved animals and because that's what I wanted to do, it was, you know, it was a shock to be told at 15. If we'd have kind of had that conversation throughout school that this is where you need to be at and this is, you know, what I'd suggest the the path that you need to follow then and had that guidance then my decisions would have been totally different obviously but it really isn't a decision that's made of you know in one conversation just through having the conversations with businesses you know they want that passion in a person you know they want to know that the person that's going to come and work for them or train with them or you know have that time you know whether it's an apprenticeship or a traineeship it's all about the person wanting to do that role. So, you know, it's really important that they they have something that's that's drawing them into that and that they want to learn more. You know, for example, you know, if you're a gamer, there's there's jobs around gaming. There's the behind the scenes bit, you know, there's the graphics and there's the video making. And it's not just about being a gamer, you know, there's the construction element. And Bronwyn will be aware of, you know, certain businesses that are kind of stereotyped towards a male. You know, we talk to those businesses that want to tell, you know, I've got a, a client of mine who's in construction and she's she just wants to shout about what she does because she wants to open it up. She wants to become more diverse instead of just having the same people kind of coming through. So, you know, between us, our two businesses, we really do like to kind of shout about the fact that there's so many opportunities out there for, for individuals in so many sectors. Um, and, you know, it's just asking the questions and finding out like through the open days, through training provider open days, through colleges, open days, universities, you know, there's options out there. And it's just kind of getting that message out to parents and learners what they are really. I love you mentioned about, you know, the individual's passion for what they want to do rather than, you know, these stereotypes around, you know, who needs to do a particular particular job. Because it's been proven now for the last few years that by having a diverse workforce, you get a much richer balance within within the employment um, area, if you like, or within teams. And it adds a lot more value to that, which is something which is, you know, happening a lot more now. So that's really that's really good to hear. Um Conscious of the fact that there is so much we could go into right now, but I want to just kind of bring it back to the end. I've got two questions for both of you now. I'm going to put you both on the spot. I'm going to start with Bronwyn. What would your first piece of advice or best piece of advice be to a young person now? Let's just say somebody who's thinking about their career choices. That's your first question. Oh, that is <laughs> that is a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, my first 
piece of advice for young people is one, there is advice, as I've spoken about, there's so much advice and support out there from kind of from your school or college, if you're in school or college, if you're not in school or college, there's like GMATs, there's a National Careers Service, and you can obviously access them if you're in school or college as well. But I think I would really say, you know, there's advice and support and there's qualified people that you can you can go and talk to at any point and no question is kind of a silly question as well. It's it's so important to get all the information that you want to. But also I think kind of coming from a more personal point of view, I guess my other main pieces of advice is be curious and ask questions. There's so, as we spoke about today, I think both Suzanne and I have touched on it so much. So many different opportunities so many different pathways and the only way to really find out about all of them is to ask questions and find out about you know you might really want to go and work for that company but actually you might get there and think sitting down at a desk all day every day is not for me Mm. what are the other options in in the organization and I also think as well like don't worry I think Suzanne touched on it before um don't worry about, you know, making that one decision. Um, as I think Sam mentioned, like employers, they want someone who's really passionate and with the right kind of transferable skills. And I think those transferable and those employability skills um, can take you into so many different directions as well. Yeah. There's lots of different options. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was one piece of advice, but there was lots of great advice. There. <laughs> I Thanks think there was me. three pieces of, of advice. Um, I couldn't choose my favourite. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let you have that. So what about you, Suzanne? What's the one piece of advice that you would give? Um, I just wanted to add to what Bronwyn was saying really there as well. And it's more around about the myths. So it's around the myth that we talked about before. Is the grades for me? Don't get caught up in the grades. We all want our children to do well, but it isn't, you know, it's not a game changer anymore. You know, if they've had a tough time in school or if they've struggled academically, you know, apprenticeships doors are open for anyone. So for any, you know, I mentioned it before of any ability. So if you do have a school leaver that leaves with no qualifications for whatever reason, it's about the, the other skills that they can bring into a business as well. It's not just about what's on that piece of paper. Um, they're not a barrier now. So apprenticeships now are really open to anyone. There's no barriers. So if they left with, with no qualifications, they can still do an apprenticeship. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. I left school with two CSEs and 30 years later, I was lecturing at a university. So. It kind of proves that you, you can do most of your learning once you've left school, I think, and that's when you really kind of learn how to fit into the employment market, if you like. Uh, Bronwyn, you don't get away with that second question so easily. If I'm a business owner now, how can I help Bridge GM with their mission? You can do a lot. So no matter if you have got one hour in the year and you'd like to make a difference and connect with young people, um, for instance, like virtually, we can help you with that um, and help you raise the profile of your organisation, your business. Or if you're looking to do longer term volunteering as well, we've got options for that too. So we've got a network called the Enterprise Advisor Network of business volunteers um, who work with senior leadership teams to really kind of help transform careers education, help them think very differently, bring in that industry voice and act as that conduit between education and industry, um, bringing in their connections as well to 
really transform that careers education that those young people in that school or college are receiving as well. So it's a great role that really has that influence on what young people are receiving in terms of careers education. But like I said, if you've got an hour or two hours, um, you know, once a year, that's also fantastic. We've got a campaign called Meet Your Future. It's a mayoral campaign and we offer lots of different opportunities for organisations to get involved to raise the profile of their industry, um, raise the profile of kind of the different skills um, that they need within the industry as well and really raise the profile of their business and kind of give some of like you said before what your top tips for young people but give some of those top tips um, and share their journeys with young people as well because that can again really spark spark that interest so we can connect them through lots of different virtual opportunities through meet your future with um, live Q&A's virtual workplace safaris and kind of projects into curriculum too so really no matter if you've got all the time kind of in the world right down to that that one hour once a year just come to us and we can help you um kind of see where you can add the most impact and where you can add the most value and really transform young people's lives too wow I, lo- I love the idea that you're offering mentoring opportunities to to people. And I've heard about the enterprise advisors. They've been getting some great feedback and, and literally changing people's lives. So brilliant. Well done on the work you've been doing there. Suzanne, I don't want to leave you out of this one. You've got the same two questions, but slightly different. So I'm a business owner uh, and I'm thinking going back down the apprenticeship route. What's the next thing I should do? With regard to the programme, Skills for Growth programme, they would be able to um, access support that's wider than just the general support that you find out on the internet. So through myself, so I'm an apprenticeship specialist on the programme, I can support a business to introduce them to, to training providers. I will do a sequence of meetings to make sure that they are fully informed, to make sure that they're in the right place if that's the route that they want to take. I also support with grant applications, um, funding for the training, anything to do with the local council grants that they might have at the at the moment. You can introduce them to councils to support sourcing candidates. You know, there's support available, but it's as we, we you know we've talked in the podcast that it's knowing what's out there. So this is this is available through this particular program. Um, and it is quite niche. This offering hasn't been offered on all the programs. Um, and there is a lot more support available to businesses. They're not kind of left on their own. They're not given this form to fill in, that form to fill in, that link to apply for something. It really is a guided approach to recruiting apprentice. You know, there's a lot more support available. Um, and even through upskilling as well, if it is through an upskill route you know the support is there for them um as well brilliant thank you for that i did promise you one more question are you glad you're not a vet i love my job i really do (laughs) i love i love working with businesses and i love telling people about apprenticeships i really do i love it um when i'm speaking to higher level you know business owners or directors that think you know i can't do an apprenticeship and really getting the message out so no i love my job so i'm happy with, with what i do Brilliant. You're doing a great job. You're both doing fantastic work in the community across Greater Manchester. So just wanted to say from me to you, thank you for joining me on Skills for Growth. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please follow Skills for Growth in your podcast app. And if you have time, leave us a review or rating. For more information about preparing your business for the future, visit skillsforgrowthsme.co.uk. See you next time.